everyone and thank you so very much for joining me for another episode of Talking Cloud. Now, you know, this is where we talk about cloud. All things, anything cloud and holy moly man, this it's amazing. I I cannot recall a conversation that doesn't include cloud something cloud cloud this cloud that and certainly cloud security cloud breaches the bad guys are using it to really exploit us we're seeing ransomware and and phishing and all kinds of attacks just exploding uh, all happening in the cloud now you've heard me say it many many times i am no expert you know uh but man, I just, I know how to hunt them down. I'm fortunate for, you know, having no hair and being in the biz for a while. There's, I, I just had the wonderful pleasure of working with some amazing and really, really smart people. And boy, we've got an awesome one today. So I met Venkat. Uh, I'm going to go and take a look through his profile. You know, if you look, the guy's you know, he's quite impressive, uh, to say the least, just because of his long tenure. And, you know, rather than me trying to go through the uh, long list of experience, I mean, board member, board observer, strategic advisor, and, and, and that's more current. Let's go back, uh, you know, uh, the guy, director, product management, uh, went to program director, security segment strategy and products. And this was back at the beginning of the millennia, IBM. Five years then uh, in other roles, director engineering and advanced threat research, IBM. Then on to Blue Coat, where I had the wonderful pleasure of working with him and getting to know him. Uh, there, I think his final role at Symantec was Senior Vice President, Corporate Development and Strategy. Then back at IBM doing some cool stuff uh, that I want to hear about uh, at the Watson Research Center. Uh, then on to strategic advisory roles, board observers uh, roles, uh, on as a venture operating partner at BGV, and we're about up to current now. And I'm so thrilled to have with me Venkat. Man, Venkat, it's awesome to see you, have you here, and I'm really, really excited uh, to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Grant. So, hey, before I, 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 I dive in and we start talking about uh, some interesting stuff from my notes, take a minute and just talk a little bit more, expand that Z-axis, if you will, on your career, because, you know, all I did is just read off a, a bunch of bullets as I cruised by. Uh, maybe you can provide some, some perspective. 
Yeah, sure. I've been primarily fascinated by the uh, by the security uh, industry uh, for a long time, and uh, I had the privilege of building products uh, uh, for the pre-cloud era, uh, and then uh, and then on the cloud with Bluecoat, uh, and then of course now it's cloud native. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of dating myself here, but <laughs> but uh, there are sort of almost three generations of technologies. Uh, that I've been part of, and it's always inspiring and very motivational uh, to see how much the our industry has changed dramatically in the last 20 plus years. Yeah. Uh, but still, the same problems remain. <laughs> so is, is that really true? As we've went through these iterations, I mean, it's still it's funny. You know, I was talking to a guy, Venkat, who was talking about a, a, a 3090, right? The big mainframe and he says you know that was the original cloud um and um so how has I, i'm curious how do you see the the cloud in terms of those iterations what's what's made that first iteration different than cloud native although i know the word i maybe i just want to hear your your view on it um and then i really want to hear about why the problems are the same and what you think they are yeah, I think the kind of the broader context has always been uh, the the business, right? The the, the digital transformation, uh, you know, the 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 business is always changing, and for different eras. You know, 20 years ago it was for the Java, uh, for the e-business era that I was part of, and then when cloud came along, you know, it pioneered a whole new set of uh, business models. And now it's a digital native business model. So it's a business model that drives security, um, and uh, and now. In these days, it's all about speed uh, and agility mm. and, and dynamic ways to 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 get your products to your customers. Uh, and certainly, this was well underway uh, before COVID. And so, COVID has pulled ahead uh, three, four years of demand into the current years. So, there's a massive pressure for digital digital transformation, acceleration of of uh, digital initiatives. Uh, everything is digital now, so that's caused tremendous amount of pressure on IT organizations, cloud organizations, security organizations react to that uh, to kind of to, to have a, you know, a fabric by which they can deploy new business models and we're taking appropriate risk and mitigation around it uh, in the cloud environment. So the problem has changed in the sense that uh, the speed of a cloud is, uh, we have never seen this before. Uh, and uh, back in the day, we were used to uh, change management where things used to go through an approval cycle of uh, of several months, mm. <laughs> these days it's not gone. Uh, automation has massively, uh, uh, you know, transformed our our ability to go faster uh, uh, with the developers and digital products. So I think in in some sense the the industry is reacting to the change of of speed and velocity of, of business initiatives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said. Um, but you know, the problems were the same. Ex ex expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at security, fundamentally, it, it sort of really starts with prevention uh, because this is the one thing you can control. Uh, customers can control uh, how they prevent, uh, uh, how they implement preventive techniques and controls in their environment. Uh, they don't control that much what happens outside, uh, attacks and whatnot, but they can control uh, their access and prevention or so, you know, fundamentally, it's the same problem of access control in the cloud. I mean, if you look at uh, the more recent uh, attacks, uh, whether it's security breaches, ransomware, 
and data exfiltration, what's common is there is some access, there is some initial access that attackers gain, and then through that they're able to then uh, elevate the, the, their credentials or privileges to get to the crown jewels, which is data. Mm-hmm. So in, in some, it's the same problem. It's the same motivation for attackers. Uh, and so being able to fortify access control for the new modern era of cloud and cloud native, uh, that's a big problem, and that's a big challenge for customers. Yeah, yeah. well, and the game is so... I mean, it's so different, and I'm dating myself when I go back and I just really think about access as we talk about it, right? And the acceleration, as you were talking about that earlier, I was recalling how drastically different the process of just procuring something, how it's changed, right? That whole, I mean, it's instantaneous now. You don't wait for anything, Um, but... It's it's remarkable how today when you talk about access, it used to mean if you have one. <laughs> now everybody has one and it, everyone that has one is connected to everyone. So how has that changed the, the access landscape? Yeah, that's a great uh, question, uh, Grant. I mean, fundamentally, if you look at uh, the cloud itself, uh, and, um, everything in the cloud is an identity. And that's the first recognition. Uh, we used to always uh, deal with the users and their identities, and we have fairly good uh, good uh, you know techniques and practices for that for the last 20 years. But what's changed in the cloud is all about the non-human identities. So your machines, your databases, your snowflakes, um, you know your Salesforce, your APIs—they all have some identity. They have some credential, and and they're all and they all need the credential because they are similar to human beings are creating, reading, updating, deleting data in your environments. So these identities are, are massive. And so the kind of word I use is uh, the, the modern cloud is littered with identities, uh, hundreds if not thousands of identities, and they're changing all the time. So how do you kind of create uh, an operational environment where these identities um, are having the right level of access, uh, they're able to, uh, you're able to provide some governance around it, uh, Right. I mean, think about it. I mean, once you, uh, if it's a human identity, uh, you can review, you can provide access reviews. You can check that access. You can you can revoke that access. Yeah. But if it's a machine or an API uh, or a, or a database, you know that's a permanent access uh, that you're giving to a, a very powerful uh, entity. So the the first thing is identity uh, game has changed dramatically in the cloud, and that's the first kind of big problem. I would say the second big problem is uh, the massive uh, movement of data. Uh, data is pouring into these uh, cloud platforms, uh, coming out of the data centers, mm. and, and so uh, and, and because of the um, you know previously mentioned digital initiatives, mm. um, and so now developers can spin up databases in 30 seconds, and they can build applications and microservices. So uh, so identities are now having enormous access to what uh, to the what is the data. Uh, this is your databases, uh, your 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 object stores, your elastic block storage volumes, your NoSQL databases, uh, you know data warehouses, on and on. So the, the, there is a kind of the, the the duality of identities and data, uh, and they are powerful, uh, you know, kind of flywheel effect. The more data gets into the cloud, uh, the more it excites developers to build very interesting applications. And uh, and more of these applications get built, the more identities they create, uh, and you need to manage and govern. 
So that's a huge problem that we've never seen before uh, in the the kind of the old uh, data center world. And so, in your opinion, I'm just I'm I'm wondering, uh, uh, does the seemingly constant push for automation combined with AI, which we know is just you know algorithms with access to more data, right? They get more and more refined. But this leads to even more complication because those identities, applications, microservices, are now having uh, an instruction or, a, a you know, a, a, an access uh, from a part of an automation process, part of a, a, a operational process. You, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, that's the other thing is uh, this This was kind of managed by human processes. Uh, this would be much easier to deliver. Now, uh, if you look at uh, what's happening uh, on the developer side, it's DevOps, it's infrastructure as code, yep. um, it's CICD pipelines, uh, the best organizations deploy multiple software builds every day. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, you know, multiple product releases every day. So the uh, so things are getting into the cloud through automation primarily. Uh, and so in this automation, um, you know, as things are being automated, you know, these identities are being created on the fly. Uh, and in many cases, it's uh, basic templates. Nobody checks for these identities and their and their privileges. Usually, it's the most uh, expansive access that is provided yeah. um, as part of these automation. Well, it's the easiest, it's right? Cool. I mean, if I'm if I'm a programmer, I can just put in the old proverbial asterisk, right? The star. Exactly. I mean, if you look at developers, their primary motivation is shipping code, and that's yeah. how they measure. That's how digital transformation measures. So they do the best they can to to manage security. But at the end of the day. Uh, they want to get their products uh, out to their customers, uh, and and they, and they want to do go go faster. So this is the big change that's happening. This automation of uh, of infrastructure, automation of applications, microservices, automation mm-hmm. of uh, data infrastructures, um, and the DevOps, uh, all these uh, kind of programmatic ways to to deploy applications. They are basically increasing the attack surface uh, for identities and access, and uh, and quite frequently. Um, you know, this pushes the risk, uh, access risk, big time on the operation side. So, you know, so we, so the conventional ways we're doing things uh, are not working uh, because the, the, we have never seen an environment like this. So we got to react to this, and we have to reimagine new ways of access control, new new ways of operationalizing access in this environment. Um, and these are some of the things that we're working on. So. You know, one of the things that we know, I mean, Checkpoint and I mean, virtually, it's amazing how massive this space has become. And I'm talking about posture management, right? I mean, uh, just, a, I think, demonstrable of how massive the total addressable market is, is the unbelievable number of players that have all got in and say they do some form of posture management. Uh, the granddaddy, I would say, being uh, Dome 9. But it's stratified into so many different areas now, you know, with identity and CIEM and all these other facets of 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 this process. And I even know of friends that have startups in the 
shift left space where I where they're interrogating code uh, before it gets pushed right uh, to make sure some uh, there isn't any wild cards in there. But how is what you're talking about different than that uh, in terms of operationalizing access and and how you're looking at the problem? Yeah, I think fundamentally uh, there's a realization that the first generation of tools you mentioned, posture management tools, are good tools, but they're really at the infrastructure level, at the resource level. Uh, they give you a certain level of uh, baseline compliance against uh, you know, things like CIS and whatnot. But if you look at really the digital transformation in, in uh, imperatives uh, and developing imperatives, it's all about identity and data. Because at the end of the day, they're building and deploying new uh, new applications and new microservices. So in the cloud, in the cloud native world in particular, there's always a, a dynamic relationship between identity and data. It changes all the time. Yeah, yeah. And right. And so, so there, there is no resourcing there. And uh, there, there are identities. You know, your microservices, your APIs, uh, your service accounts. You know, your 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 pass and SaaS. They all have access to, to the data. So and so, you need to understand how these uh, identities, how do they connect to the data? Um, and so, uh, so one hand, we have all the identities, right? Uh, you know, your your Kubernetes environments, your lambdas, your Salesforce, um, your uh, your web servers, your Jenkins pipeline, um, admins, and all those things. On the other hand, you have data, which is uh, all about your uh, your S3 buckets, you know, Google BigQuery. Uh, you know, RDS, MongoDB, Snowflake, on and on. And, and developers are building very interesting dynamic applications. So there's one word I can use to describe uh, the change. It's, uh, it is dynamic. Uh, you know, let's go back to the discussions uh, we had before. Uh, you know, infrastructure is dynamic. It doesn't ch it changes all the time. Right. Your applications and software are dynamic. Why? Because of uh, CSD pipelines and DevOps practices. Your data is dynamic because data is being pushed from your on-prem data center to your cloud environments. Okay, and these uh, changes of dynamic infrastructure, dynamic applications, and dynamic data—they drive dynamic permissions, dynamic right. privileges, dynamic configurations. Yep. In many cases, it's very difficult to observe uh, and get visibility to what these things are. So, uh, you know, so we are pioneering a new startup called Stack Identity. And we are defining a new space called Access Ops. We think that we need to reimagine uh, how we operationalize access. So we work with the tools that you described before, Grant, uh, partial management, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, fundamentally, uh, we're into a world of dynamic access control, context-based access control. Uh, and this is because there's a dynamic relationship between identity and data. And if you understand that, and if you keep that in perspective, if you uh, if you uh, understand those relationships very clearly, then you get better visibility to your risks. You can start to then remediate uh, and get early warnings on uh, on uh, high-risk uh, activities, uh, the pathways, permissions, and whatnot, and ultimately you're able to prevent these things. So this new area is what we call as access ops, which is a way to operationalize access in a cloud-native way. Okay, so here's one of the things that I've heard so many times. I'm just curious how this is going to be different because, you know, I was just reading an article this morning and it's talking about alerts. Alerts, alerts, alerts. I mean, in the cybersecurity team, it's, it's spam that always gets through. No filter can stop it, right? So I'm curious, 
you know, is this going to just be a whole nother barrage of alerts that I'm going to have to contend with? How, how are you addressing that issue of, of just too many alerts? Yeah, let's step back for a second here. You know, we've built great products over the last uh, you know, 10 years or so, right? And a lot of products are based on alerts. And these products came from an area of uh, resource-centric security, infrastructure security. Um, and they didn't really have to contend with some of the relationship we're talking about here. So alert-based systems are a byproduct of lack of context, lack of relationship. And so what we've done with Access Ops is to really understand why something is happening. And why is that access between, between an identity and particular data, data database, for example? And so by understanding the context and the relationship between these, uh, these identities and, and data, um, you essentially establish a source of truth and evidence that is indisputable. Um, and so and only by establishing relationship and context, uh, you're able to reason about why something is happening. And that's why with Access Ops, uh, it's, it's not about... Uh, um, you know, false positives. It's all about understanding uh, and providing the reasoning-based picture to uh, to teams who care about security. Could be uh, uh, the SecOps teams, the IAM teams, or the uh, or the DevOps teams. Uh, and so we t we we really want to make sure that we're building a product that is not alert-based, but it's context-based and relationship-based. Um, and so uh, to, the way to do that is to kind of build a ground truth evidence of all the access and all the touch points to data. And if you present that in a very usable, uh, conceivable way, uh, and then teams understand why something is happening, they're able to connect A to B uh, and B to C. And so, and when they do that, they're able to better understand uh, why something is happening, uh, where are the uh, the sort of the, the risky touch points or data. Because many cases, for example, we found on the Capital One breach, it's never the it's never the initial access. There is always. Uh, uh, initial access to some service A, a compromised service A, and then A talks to B, B talks to C. And so, you know, there's a way in which uh, attackers uh, land on these uh, uh, compromised access, and then they're able to uh, elevate their way. So this is all about relationship. Mm. And the cloud is all about relationship. So we have understood the relationship between data, between data and applications, and applications and infrastructure. Therefore, we're able to provide a high degree of fidelity about uh, context, uh, and evidence uh, that allows customers to really pinpoint exactly what the root cause of the problems are and take in a proactive and preventive action. And that's a big change here. Mm. And so you're able to reason, you, you said, you know, the the arbiter of truth is what, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, the, the uh, source of truth. How do you let me know uh, you know, I mean, how, how is it uh, that you inform me that there's a problem? You say, hey, you've got uh, these all chattering to every piece. What's what's the process you go through to inform the administrator? And then obviously the follow on is how do you help me fix it? Yeah. So imagine, Grant, you are the the security administrator or the security professional. Okay. Uh, and so you went to bed. Hang on, uh, hang on. That's going to take some work. I got to really imagine <laughs> that. You used professional in that sentence. Go ahead. So you Sorry. You went to bed last night, right? And you got up this morning. So, you know, in the last 12 hours, your teams in Asia Pacific have been working. Uh, and and they're, they're, your environment has changed. You know, people have pushed dynamic new infrastructures now in your cloud, new apps in the cloud. And let's say you're responsible for identity and access management or permissions, or you're mm -hmm. on the SecOps team. 
You know, so you're looking at what did change? What did change in the last 12 hours? And how do I get visibility to that? And so, and, and did any of these changes weaken or compromise my access control? Hmm. So when you log into our tool, Stack Identity, um, and Access Ops builds in a very nice graph, it tells you compared to the last time you looked at it, here are the things that are happening, you know, your, 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 here's all the new infrastructures, your new applications, and your new uh, data that are shown up on the cloud, and, and, you know, and there are risks in, in some of these deployments, and we're able to clearly uh, create attribution. Hey, here are the top three things that are, that are concerning to us, because they don't violate uh, your best practices, they violate your best practices, mm -hmm. and here are the top things. So we are really providing a contextual way to look at uh, things in the cloud that are changing all the time and bring you the real-time visibility into what's happening in the cloud to you. So at a glance, you can look at all the uh, all the relationships between your critical you know, crown jewels, uh, what applications are touching them, what identities are touching them, and identify what are the risks. Are these risks of uh, you know data being unencrypted or the risks of uh, uh, you know, highly you know, elevated permissions, poor configurations. Um, is it because uh, you know some vulnerable application showed up and it's compromising our access? <laughs> so all these things are that are be showing automatically, you know, uh, and we're doing all the heavy lifting in the background. <laughs> so whether you log in, you have the clean ground truth evidence, you have the reasoning logic behind this. At that point in time, we give you time back to focus on the top threats, and give you time back to take action right away within the product we have. Uh, automation built in, uh, either we can assist the user or we can automate, and we can immediately take the actions on the on the immediate urgent risks. But not only that, we can start to figure out why did this happen? Is it because developers are pushing new environments that are not compliant to our policies and help the developers understand you know, and show them visibly what's going on and help them better at this? And only by sharing data and evidence are they going to buy into your environment and your logic and then through that, essentially, there's a partnership between security teams, you, your peers in DevOps, and your peers in Cloud Ops. And together, not only are you able to identify the immediate risks to, to, to take action, but also understand systematically, can you build better you know, security practices that you could shift left? And also make sure developers are aware of this as they're building new infrastructure, new applications. Mm. They understand the responsibility and able to uh, you know, implement those policies. Got it. Wow. So I'm thinking to myself, You've got to, I mean, that's got to have some pretty deep roots to get all of that context. I mean, there's so many different things to consider, the the routes, the access, who, you know, the permissions. So, you know, how, how do you go, is it an agent-based solution? Do I have to install stuff? How does that work? We had a complete, we had a SaaS platform. Um, and so there are no agents, uh, there are no schema changes, nothing. Hmm. We require the ability for, for us to get a small read-only access to your cloud environment where, you can, where we can discover your resources and we can put all the relationships together. Um, and, uh, and, and what we really understand about is patterns. And the cloud is a bunch of patterns. And so mm -hmm. these patterns allow us to recognize and focus on the most important risks around access and data. Yeah. So it's not about scanning, you know, a million resources in the cloud, but to what, to what, way, to, 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 to what purpose? The purpose we are offering is to make sure that we're looking at access risks as the top risk. And we are not the only people saying it. If you look at you know, CISA, if you look at the today's uh, OS top 10 
recommendations, the 21, uh, 2021, they, they point out access control is a big issue. Uh, if you look at the most recent uh, uh, report from the DBR, Verizon DBR report, it talks about access control. This is the top risk. And and, and we're looking at the risks to your data, which yep. is where the biggest digital transformation is happening. So by able to be able to bound the identity and data together and looking at access risks, uh, you know, in a complete view, complete holistic view, you know, we're able to provide a, a complete ground truth evidence and a set of automation uh, approaches to contact, contextual policies and, and automation to help uh, teams who care about security get on top of this. Got it. Sounds really cool. Can you, um, I mean, is it, are you guys out now? When are you coming out of stealth? What's uh, your timeline? Can you share any details? Yeah, sure. We are, we were, we are working very aggressively with uh, with our design partners. Uh, we have done, uh, you know, more than hundred plus customer validations uh, on the access ops concept. It's, we think we're very unique in the industry. The way we think about operationing access ops. I mean, think about it. Everything in the cloud has changed. Yeah. Right. From identities to uh, to uh, automation as code to uh, uh, to DevOps, CI, CD. <laughs> Everything has changed. Um, and, and and yet and yet, access has not changed one bit. It's same same. So customers are using the same tools, built from the data center world, uh, you know, in the cloud native world, and that doesn't work. So we have to reimagine access. Yep. And the way we're thinking about this is access ops. So we are actually in stealth mode, but stay tuned, Grant. Uh, in a couple of months, uh, we're going to make some announcements coming out of this, and uh, and I think uh, I think uh, we had a fairly exciting journey. Access ops, you know, I mean, I, I just <laughs> I just saw last Friday, I think, uh, a post or an article where it said rev ops, like revenue ops, right? So many people are thinking about the operationalization of these things that they haven't necessarily thought about operationalizing, but it's, and one of the things I was commenting on is, you know, when you were talking about everything's changed, What's remarkable to me, Venkat, is how fast so much has changed, right? I mean, we know Moore's Law is just continuing to forge ahead at even an accelerated rate. We know this, but it's in so many different aspects of our lives and certainly within cloud and cloud computing, you know, KubeCon's going on, all the stuff that's happening and it's remarkable to me, but this really kind of resonates with me, this idea that, because I've been saying for a while, everything is going to have an identity. Everything, everything, and you have to change the way you think about it. So I think access ops really, I mean, it makes... I mean, at first blush anyway, in this feeble brain, I'm thinking that makes a lot of sense. Uh how do you think this is gonna evolve? Just kind of if you if if we got out the the crystal ball and said, Venkat, you know, where do you see access ops in you know a year, two years, three years? Yeah, I mean, if you can look back a bit uh, historically, right? If you look at DevOps, you know, ten years ago, you know, DevOps has revolutionized uh, how we today build and deploy applications, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is unbelievably how we have transformed the uh, the velocity of how we build applications and uh, and deploy applications, which is why, you know, the Kubernetes is powering a new era of of, uh, of orchestration uh, of yeah. these application environments. 
In a similar way, if you look, if you fast forward cloud, you're gonna see hundreds of thousands of identities in the cloud. Uh, so, I mean, we are just at the very early inning of the cloud uh, native movement, if you will, or the era, if right. you will. Then you, you multiply this by, um, you, know, you know, hundreds of permissions on each resource or each identity. Uh, and then you multiply by all the pathways. People, people want to get at the data, right? People, right. Want to, people, people, people are going to have hundreds of, or even thousands of databases uh, in the cloud. And so this combination becomes uh, very, comp very, you know, it becomes very complicated to manage unless you reimagine how you're trying to operationalize access. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you also cannot constrain development teams. They have to go fast, uh, you know, and that's the whole uh, advantage of being first to market uh, with these digital uh, initiatives. So, so we, we're looking at uh, an attack surface that is a multiplication of identities times the number of pathways to, number of, to your number of data sources. Right. And so there's a vast thing. So I, I, I reckon that, uh, Access Ops will become a kind of new way of looking at how do we manage access to all your sensitive resources without slowing you know, DevOps right. and providing a self-service way by which we can scale this because we can't have human beings sit behind the console and scale this. And so, so we thought about some of the other areas like DevOps, for example, you know, there are data ops coming up. Now you saw, you mentioned RevOps. It's really about how do we operationalize and build a new set of competencies. So access ops is not just about technology, it's also about process, it's about people, it's about, uh, of course, new tech. Yeah. We are focusing on the, on the new tech, but obviously we understand at the end of the day, it's about a new way for us to and simplify customers to get a better control of their environments and manage their, the top risk, which is access. So. If I'm an organization, I'm just thinking I I I've already got a ticketing system, uh, you know, uh, service now. Something, you know, do you see this? It seems like it makes sense for this to be integrated into that process somehow. There's going to be hooks to to allow me to tie that access ops into the other aspects of my operation. Absolutely. I mean, access ops is, is a cloud-native process and a set of workflows. And by definition, we want to build, uh, we're building this on top of existing investments that customers already have made. They made investments, and in, for example, if it's AWS, they're building a lot of this access control on AWS IAM or Okta, for example, or Pina right. Identity. Right. Um, or they're using, uh, uh, for their automation response, they're using uh, ServiceNow or, or Jira. Um, you know, so so they're in our Slack. Right. So you know, so so we have to kind of uh, understand. The idea is to kind of you know, you know, provide a you know provide a, a process and a set of workflows that provides the more real information and ground truth evidence, and then integrate that into the customer's tool chain of choice, mm -hmm. uh, whatever the tool chains might be. So initially, it's going to be the operational side. But ultimately, this also has to go into the on the DevOps side. So they have to integrate this with the some of the shift left, you know, DevSecOps kind of paradigms emerging. So ultimately, it's about you know information. It's it's about uh, looking at your access data, and 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 taking uh, informed decisions proactively, and ultimately establish a baseline by which you want to run your organization. Right. And that's the whole part of access ops is you cannot keep on chasing your own tail. You understand uh, how your how your environment is working. How your developers are building applications, what kind of risk you're able to take, and then and then provide all these things contextually. Understand 
you know, the risks that you can immediately take action against to promote ransomware attacks and exploitation attacks. More importantly, you know, codify these best practices in a way the rest of the teams can, can observe this and take it and, and put this into action. So how will you inform me that, you know, I've got an app that's off the reservation? I mean, what's the, is there some quick method for me to know where the, the big rocks are, if you will? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways we, we can notify, you know, since we're working this uh, uh, on the background, anytime, you know, so it's a real-time system. We, we continue to uh, access runs all the time. Hmm. And when it produces information of note, we're not going to send you, uh, you know, information, uh, you know, sort of uh, notifications every two seconds. Right. When there's material risks to your data, then you can get notified through email or through Slack uh, or through uh, an automation mechanism or through your uh, or your service uh, ticket constructs, you uh, know, um, uh, your your you know, in the future mobile apps, right. whatever that might be. You know, we want to kind of again meet the customer where they are. You know, that's our core philosophy. If they're, yeah. if they're already in their environments, we meet them uh, and we meet the practitioner where they are. Uh, not really, it's, if it's for, it's for, the goal is to make sure that we are able to amplify their productivity, uh, their information need, hmm. and, uh, and get them on top of the problem and not have them go down, you know, kind of rabbit holes and figure out what's going on with all the false positives yeah. on the alert chasing that's happening today in our, in our environments today. Right, right. Sounds awesome, man. I mean, very, very cool stuff. Sounds, you know, I, I've said before, and I, and it's one of the things I just, I, I really do love so much about this industry is no matter when you get into it, you're getting in at the beginning of something, right? And uh, this certainly is um, a big beginning, the cloud, right? Because it's relatively young compared to, I think, where we're going to be going. So, um, talk a little bit more about um, kind of, you know, how one of the things that just blows me away, some stats, uh, Venkat, uh, I, I know you know this already, but the, the increase we've seen in, in, in ransomware, in phishing, in um, just overall uh, data loss, the statistic I heard in 20 in 2020 there were more data records lost than the previous 15 years combined i mean it's like it's almost mind-boggling and and what's exacerbating that is the fact that we're just constantly creating more and more and more records and more data so how do you think this is going to shift the balance on that a little bit? Is this a, a, a way to chip away at that massive rock? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, in our current course, uh, uh, I got news for you. It's going to get worse, uh, and just because the, the transformation is just underway mm. uh, in a, a data supporting into these cloud platforms. But there is a method. You know, for example, when you look at Access Ops, one of the uh, founding uh, principles we thought about is, I mean, I've been in the industry many, many years, and I think the things that I think we have sort of uh, have not done really well as an industry is we have we are not focused on the things we could control, which is prevention. For, for a number of years, we've gone down, we went down the compliance uh, angle, we went down the detection angle, and, 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 and they're all good tools, don't get me wrong. 
but at the end of the day right you know you, you the thing is you can you you you, have, you can control you can actually implement this right and we look at for cisa.gov um, they they put out a code prevention is the most effective defense against ransomware yeah it is critical to follow best practices to protect against ransomware attacks and this is so true now the challenge is how do we help customers implement and prevent these best and implement these best practices and prevent these attacks yeah so we shifted the game from from just detection and monitoring to prevention right uh, because if we can get on the prevention side you're right this is going to be unabated for a while yeah and every day you're worse off than the, than the day before yeah so the way to kind of you know get on the prevention side is to really understand context understand the the patterns that are that are causing the the most egregious risks okay and automate these these risk away right so the same techniques that that today drive cloud automation things like for example uh, policy as code for example so right there are ways to get there but it's almost my the mentality is sort of really you know you know understand and and we kind of call it the uh, you know the desired state establish your desired state right which is really a set of policies yep. and let us do the work for you let yeah. products like access ops and techniques you know work work for the customers behalf where we where we move the discussion to prevention yeah. and if you prevent then you get control a lot of things are not going to happen in the environment and so our one of the uh, more of the idealistic goals is for us, for us to kind of change the conversation from simply you know uh, you know you know attacks and, and 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 detections to prevention yeah and we have taken uh, the domain of access control as our as our primary domain and dimension of prevention and yep. if we can take and, and manage access effectively operationalize access controls effectively this cloud native world and this new yep. world of data and the data cloud world then we can start to make some some dent into the into the gap you're talking about in my mind it's a simple one venkat but it's without access that's a surefire way to yeah, exactly. prevent, right? So, I mean, those go tightly together. And I must also say, you know, Checkpoint, my employer has for long, for, for as long as they've been around, their their position has been prevention, not detection. And certainly the advancements in technologies and the speed of bandwidth, capacity, right, uh, storage, it's helped us move the threat that's one of the great things about the crowd cloud is if we are effective at protecting you we can do it in the cloud before it gets to you and and now with today's bandwidth it's it's going to be okay because you won't even really notice right and we're seeing that with uh, sandboxing technologies right where you you click on a page and it's getting delivered somewhere else first just to make sure you're okay and then you'll get it and you notice a little bit of a hiccup but it's not too bad. And I think that's um, what's so critical because I don't know about you, man, but I can't outrun a microprocessor. <laughs> you know, when, when, when it was just characters eating up my uh, letters on my screen, detection was okay. We're in a different world today. It's got to be prevention. So uh, I, I think that is uh, spot on. So this has been very interesting, very enlightening. If you don't mind, if you can share, how could somebody get a hold of you? You know, I'm no Ron Burgundy, but you know, I'm trying to get some people listening. Uh, if we have anybody that hears this concept, wants to learn more, how do they get a hold of Stack Identity? 
Yeah, we are in stealth mode right now. So in about a couple of months, we'll be public. Uh, but right now, uh, if this is really exciting to you, if you if you agree with the problem, uh, please, uh, uh, you can send me an email to info uh, at stackidentity.com. It's okay. one word. Yeah. Uh, my name is Venkat Raghavan. You can also email me directly. It's Venkat, V-E-N-K-A-T, at stackidentity.com. Okay. And we'll love to hear from you. Um, and yeah. uh, and I think, uh, Grant, it's been a phenomenal uh, discussion. Uh, and uh, it's always very, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, thoughtful and uh, very provoking as well. And wow. I think, uh, you know, you know, kind of really be blessed to be part of a very small journey here. And uh, and great to have uh, great to be part of this uh, this uh, your your podcast. So appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, I really appreciate you. And uh, I got to just throw a plug in for us on Talking Cloud. This is a first. Uh, we we've, we've never uh, done video, but uh, we're giving it a shot, and we'll hopefully be able to publish some of this as well. So Venkat, thank you again. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Remember, it's Venkat at stackidentity.com. You can hit him up or info at. And uh, thanks all very much. If you like what you're hearing, uh, be a part of the conversation. Let us know. uh, Share it. Tell your friends. Subscribe. And we'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud. Thanks so much. Yeah.